the provision, God's provision of many paths, many locations, many ways of receiving people into God's presence. This is Chapter, Verse, and Season, a lectionary podcast from Yale Bible Study. Join us each week as two Yale Divinity School professors look at an upcoming text from the Revised Common Lectionary. I'm Kelly Morrissey, Managing Director of the Center for Continuing Education at Yale Divinity School. This episode, we have Mark Heim, Samuel Habit Professor of Christian Theology at Andover Newton Seminary at Yale Divinity School, and Abdul Rahman Malik, Associate Research Scholar and Lecturer in Islamic Studies. They're discussing John chapter 14, verses 1 through 14, which is appointed for the fifth Sunday of Easter in year A. Here's the text. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do and, in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask for anything, I will do it. Mark, these are very, very emotive, powerful, moving statements from Jesus. I was taken with with so many uh, of them and and it begins right at the beginning, you know. Uh, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place I I am going. I just it is such a it's such a powerful statement, right? Of of, of Jesus preparing the ground for in the Christian narrative these world changing, world defining moments that are that are to come, isn't it? Mm. I mean, obviously, these are words of great devotional weight and of. Uh, importance to many, many Christians in, in any situation of, of trial or temptation or or sickness, illness. I mean, the 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 assurance 
don't let your hearts be troubled. Most Christians would hear these, this, that text, that verse, particularly at funerals, again and again. But it's it's striking to me that 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 same line in my father's house are many mansions, which is often referred to that setting. That that in the life after this, there will be a place for you, an assurance to those left behind, as well as those suffering. But it, the other place that it's used most often, more recently, is in discussion about interreligious relations, the provision, God's provision of many paths, many locations, many ways of receiving people into God's presence. So that's striking, although the, the setting of the text itself is just this great anxiety of the disciples that being separated from Jesus. What's going to happen to us? That, that very human sort of anxiety that, that any of us can feel. I really connect with that interreligious conversation here in terms of the Father's um, a house have, having, having many rooms or there being, being mansions. Because I think what it says to me also is that the resonance of the message of Jesus is expansive. And, you know, I think often in discussions, and particularly when I was growing up, Mark, I'll be honest with you, in discussions with particularly Christians doing missionary work <laughs> or, or evangelizing, you know, we'd come up against this 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 idea that I am the way and the truth and the life. And of course, that is presented to us as non-Christians or to me as a non-Christian as an assertion that if I am not on the path of Jesus or the truth of Jesus and I don't accept the life of Jesus, then salvation is is denied to me somehow. And yet, when I read those words, I am the way and the truth and the life, I'm like, yes. I'm I'm down with that because the Prophet Muhammad affirmed the truth of 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 Jesus is 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 life, perhaps not the 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 the, the crucifixion and what came afterwards, but the but the life of Jesus as an exemplary life, the truth of Jesus calling to the oneness of God, the way of Jesus, the way of uh, Ibrahim, the way of Abraham is all necessary for me to be a believer. If I denied any of those things, I I couldn't I couldn't call myself a muslim at least in the confectional sense, right? I couldn't I couldn't kind of enter into the 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 covenant of Islam so to speak and say, well, I fully embrace the theology of Islam because the theology of Islam is predicated on the relationship between the prophet Muhammad and 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 Jesus. And I think I think that for me, like these words, I know to Christian ears and hearts speak something, but but I think it's also important for me to say that they also do speak to me, and, and they are speaking to me as, as I'm reading them, and I'm deeply moved by them. It's fascinating to have this discussion because I mean, I, I spend a good deal of time thinking about religious diversity from a Christian perspective, and, and in relation to traditions that that have no explicit attention to, to Jesus, or maybe even in some cases have some explicit negative things to say about Jesus, that's a certain kind of question. But, you know, in, in this discussion, it's it's back on the Christian to sort of say, you know, uh, how much yes is enough? You know, what part of yes won't you accept about, about affirmation of Jesus? And uh, I, I find that always kind of a salutary thing about discussion with Muslims, because it, it always sort of is a bracing reminder. I mean, how how seriously am I taking my own confession about Jesus in relation to following him in the path that he, that he laid out? And it is fascinating that in this verse, in this passage, just, you know, almost right next to each other, we have the, in my father's house are many mansions, 
And then the passage you just alluded to, the John 1, verse 14, the uh, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, that does speak to that kind of all-in confession that Christians have about, about Jesus. And yet, way, truth, and life, no one comes to the Father but by me. Mm. One could translate that a little bit differently. One could say, with me. Apart from me, no one comes to the Father, mm. but explicitly by me in the sense of confession and acclamation, that's a slightly different thing. That, that's so interesting, Mark, that you talk about that interpretive, the interpretive possibilities of the verse. And, and, and I think that's also what, what, what strikes me as I'm reading through the entire verse is that I can't shake my Muslim lens. And, and so when I, when I embrace that lens and I look at these verses, at, at one level, everything here is resonant, you know? And even the symbolic language of father and son is something that I think, uh, you know, I as a Muslim can understand beyond the doctrine of, of Trinity or uh, uh, in adjacency to the to the doctrine of Trinity. The other thing here, Mark, and I, I'd love your thoughts on this, is the question that, that the way Jesus responds to the question from Philip, he says, don't you know, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? And I, I, that's a, that's a real kind of plaintive note there in Jesus's voice. It's like, it's like Philip is asking, show us the uh, Lord, show us the Father that will, that will be enough for us. He wants to see something. And then he's like, don't you know me, Philip? Don't, haven't you, haven't you spent time with me? <laughs> haven't you been observing? Haven't you been observing me? Is it, am I not the doorway? Am I not the gate? Am I not the means by which the works of the Father are seen? I, I think that's just a, it's such a plaintive moment, you know, of a teacher answering a student. Yeah, it's 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 plaintive and it's daunting and sobering too that we think if we had more knowledge or we had more access and more God was more present to us, we would be able to respond more more powerfully. But these are sobering reminders that there's always going to be a human quality of response still required. But right? it, it it won't be taken out of your hands. It won't be made so obvious that you that you don't have the freedom and the opportunity and and the the difficulty of trying to respond i i think the the end of the passage when jesus says who believes in me will also do the works i do and greater works than these will he do mm-hmm. because i because i go to the father is also striking i mean jesus did some pretty amazing things <laughs> during the course of yeah and you think so ministry. what could be what could be greater what could be greater works than these? Now, now I, I have to say that I think, at, at one level here, the um, here the Muslim theologian might enter into this debate and say, indeed, indeed, in terms of prophecy, the greater things to come are the things that are going to come at the hands of, say, Prophet Muhammad. <laughs> that one might be that might that might be a, a Muslim theological triumphalism. Which may which may enter enter into this, but but I actually feel like when you mention these things, the greater than these is about sort of human potential because there is in Jesus the human for a moment, as Jesus the human is poverty, right? That he he did not marry, he did not experience the fullness of what it meant to be human because he was on this mission, right? to deliver the message, to save, to raise people up. And along with that came a great deal of difficulty. 
And, and in some ways, maybe this is Jesus speaking to our humanity and saying, yes, as human beings, you will do greater things. You will create and imagine and, and, and write and do art. And I can see all of those things contained in Jesus because Jesus has this connection with the Father, because Jesus opened the doors for us to experience the divine more fully that we are able to unleash the possibilities of our humanity. And I think that's a powerful thought, right? That's a, that's a powerful thought when it comes to seeing Jesus from, from where I sit. I, I appreciate so much that you you re- went right there, Ar. That that the idea that that when in the Gospels speaks about the Holy Spirit coming to to witness to Jesus and so on, these greater works that 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 these are taken by Muslims as pointing to the coming of Muhammad. This is this is the the Paraclete, the one who's coming after. And I I think that's also a challenge to Christians because we do believe. That these promises and words are fulfilled, right? That that what that what is promised by Jesus does take place, and so it's a challenge if if we don't want to see the Islamic tradition as a fulfillment of that, right? As a spreading of the knowledge of God and of Jesus to those who had never heard of Jesus otherwise, right? Have heard it from Islamic teaching, then it is a, it's a it's a kind of limitation of what we could see as being the fulfillment mm-hmm. of this promise that greater things are coming. I think the greatness can be seen on many scales. I mean, it's not just that Jesus couldn't speak to everyone right in the world at that time, but that the the different dimensions of what it means, as you say, Jesus lived at this short, Muslims often point out, right, a short time and didn't inhabit all the different spheres of human life that need redeeming. So from a Christian point of view, too, those things are yet to be unfolded in the hmm. in the coming of of the future. And I think as someone who does believe in the Trinity and in the Incarnation very strongly, that it's actually the other side of that, that Jesus' identity with God is so profound that makes us think of this intimacy and the complexity in God's own nature. Mm. But the the flip side of that is if that's true, if that's really true, then if God was present in Jesus in that way— God has to be accessible in other ways also. There are two sides of the same coin. While, while God was incarnate in Jesus, God was also simultaneously still the God who speaks through the prophets, the God who was known in these other ways. So as recognized by Jesus, right, who, who affirmed this prophetic tradition. So I think it's, it's fascinating to see how we come together in a passage like this with our yet you know, not resolved theological perspectives, but blessed in the same way, to some extent, by it. Yeah, th- thank you, Mark. There's so much, there's so much richness here, and, and I I so appreciate the, 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 what you just said, because I'd love to see the, it, the scripture like this not be a, a source of controversy, but rather a source of, of deep encounter. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Professors Hyman Malik, for your insights on John. The transcript of this episode and lots more Bible study resources are available at YaleBibleStudy.org. Chapter, Verse, and Season is a production of the Center for Continuing Education at Yale Divinity School. It's produced by creator and managing editor, Joel Baden, production manager, Kelly Morrissey, associate producer, Aidan Stoddart, and host and executive producer, Helena Martin. 
Mixing on today's episode and our theme music are by Calvin Linderman. We'll be back with another conversation from chapter, verse, and season.